Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. In October two. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader, or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. 
If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Finally, we're back. We have a guest that showed up for our Tuesday, and it's a great guest, an amazing human. She's been through a lot, and she keeps giving back to others. She has spent the last 11 years traveling the country, spreading awareness that our gold families, gold star families still exist, and our fallen deserve continued honor and respect. She has also helped change and create federal, uh, multiple federal laws that benefit the entire Gold Star community, but especially the children of the fallen. She was also instrumental in passing the Global War on Terrorism Memorial Location Act, which allows our post-9-11 fallen and veterans to be honored on the National Mall, alongside many of our other major wars. She is currently a consultant to the head of the Tennessee National Guard, the Gold Star Liaison for the 327th Infantry Regiment Association, and the Nashville Ambassador for One Tribe, among many other things. So without further ado, let's welcome Shauna Arashaga to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Shauna. Hi. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, being a, an old no slacker uh, from uh, before it was cool to be no slack. Uh, when we just, no, uh, no, no, did... no, no. It's always cool to be no slack. <laughs> when we, we learned how to do the, the no slack position before we learned anything else. So it was, it's, it's great to uh, link in with you. I wish it wasn't on these terms, but uh, right. it's always awesome to link in with uh, fellow uh, fast owners or no slackers and to see you here and have you on my show. And uh, again, I'll have you in a couple a few days. I'll have you again in front of a microphone, a bunch of people in front of a bunch of people saying things that, you know, make your, your heart swell and your tears come out. But thank oh, you yeah. for taking oh, this time. Oh, I might today, so we're going to find out. You got Hopefully. it. <laughs> it's all right. That's why we do these things. Right. So tell us a little bit about you from before all this to how how you and I were met, and then then we'll go into the the other side. So it's, it's not a good it's not a good story. I don't <laughs> know how else to put that. <laughs> um, he had one of those uh, very common. He came home from Iraq, his second tour in Iraq, um, to divorce papers and a restraining order situation um and we met shortly after and we were supposed to be each other's rebounds and then we stuck it was it's one of those things right um so i helped him through his divorce and then we uh accidentally created our own child and got (laughs) married ourselves so (laughs) which was wonderful like it all worked out up until he passed. It all worked out the way that we wanted it. We were madly in love and all of those things. And um, my stepdaughter is 20 and she's amazing. And our son is 15 and he's amazing too. So you have a big part to do with that. Uh, 
to help them to grow into the people they are, as, as well as keep his legacy alive in them. So, right, I and that's my whole goal. You're doing outstanding. Is, yeah. Yes, like it's been 12 years now, but the entire goal, and both of the kids know it, is to maintain the legacy, further the legacy, and make sure that he's never forgotten. Definitely, and uh, uh, a listener has already chimed in. He was a former guest on the show, uh, Dennis Schroeder. He uh, is the Price of Freedom Foundation. He said, uh, we would love to be honored to tell your husband's life story. What they do is they create a, a book, basically, of, of your husband's whole life from before you all the way up through through what happened. And so you have a living history of him, and of course, for your son and your daughter as well. And I'd yes, love to connect you to amazing. after this. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. And my husband is very unique because he was born in Cuba and he came over when he was 14. Um, so he's an ESL student in high school. And when he turned 18, he decided to join the army. And that was in February of 2001. So it was wow. pre 9-11. Um, so he was part of the invasion of Iraq. He, I mean, he did four tours and then he became a citizen on his third tour. Uh, in Saddam Hussein's palace, <laughs> which, I mean, like that's that alone is, I think, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, his story is very fascinating, um, and I would love to share it with anybody who wants to listen. Definitely, and Dennis is a great person for that, and his foundation is amazing. And I'll definitely uh, do an email connection for both of you after this show. That way. Offram's story can be told, and you'll have a book that you can actually hold and have on your coffee table with the whole story in there. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. No, there is. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you to stop. I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you could, uh, I guess, walk us through the, the worst day of your life there. So tell us. So, how, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to like, obviously, that was the worst day of my life. But we had been through so many losses with no slack, that whole deployment. Um, Offren had been deployed 11 months before he was killed. We had already lost 12, I believe, at that point. And every day for every single person, especially Alpha Company of um, no slack, was, am I going to live today? It was one of those things. Uh, and we had code words. Like when he would call, he, you know, and it was just like, I'm going to be gone for a while. Da, 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 da. And before his final mission, he would say, like, he it kept getting postponed because of the rain. Um, he would say, I'm just worried about my guys. I'm just worried about my guys. He wasn't telling me that he was worried about himself. He was just worried about his guys. And I'll talk to you in a few days. And we did that every day, I think, for like almost a week. And then the very last time, and this is where I'm going to cry. The very last time that we had that conversation was, I'm actually going to talk to you in a few days, but it was also our son's third birthday, which is March 28th. And so on his very last call with our son, it was happy birthday, buddy. I love you. And our son had turned three that day. And it was the next day I was notified. And we were actually in Ohio. My family lived in Ohio at the time. Um, and I, I lived at Fort Campbell, but we were in Ohio and we went, like my mom and I went to the outlet mall and we went and looked at the house that they were buying and we did all these months, things that now seem mundane. 
And then I drove the five and a half hours home and I was unloading birthday presents from the car when a white Impala showed up and it was dark out. Apparently it was their third attempt to notify me because I wasn't home. Um, It was dark out, but I saw one of them put on their beret. Like I could see it while I was standing in the driveway and they got out and they asked if I was Serena because my name is spelled (laughs) right. And I was like, nope. And you need to leave. Like I was very adamant that they had the wrong house. And then they were like, are you Mrs. Auburn Arachaga? And I was, and so they walked me inside my house and um, Alston, all of three in one day (laughs) was happy to be out of the car and have all of his, birthday presents and all of those things right and he did exactly what his dad was would have done which sounds terrible but it really makes sense if you ever knew or met Auburn Alston danced my son Alston danced while I was being notified wow the secretary of the army regrets to inform you and Alston's like we've got company and I'm glad to get out of the car and he it was um it was all quite the experience we'll put it that way and yeah and I think what people forget is like what comes with that is also a lot of paperwork a lot of planning a lot of all of these things are happening they had to notify my stepdaughter they had to notify my in-laws like it was a very um I can't say that I didn't expect it because in hindsight I think offer knew and I've heard that from a lot of other widows, like they just, the guys know when it's going to be their time. I don't know how to describe it, but I've heard that story over and over and over again. So when I was notified, I was, I was obviously in shock, but I also was like, he saw it coming. I just didn't take his words as how he meant them. If that makes sense. Hmm. And also, you don't want to hear your husband say that to you. You don't want to hear those words. Right. Well, and that's why he kept saying, I'm worried about my guys. It was never, I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about my guys. Um, And at that point he had hit 10 years. He was being promoted to E7. Um, So like, and it was his fourth deployment. He's, he wasn't new at this, but I was fairly new at this. It's a, it's a hindsight thing. Yeah. And I can relate uh, on my fourth deployment. Uh, it was right after that deployment. So we did that deployment 10 11. Then I went right back in 12 to do an SFAT mission in Afghanistan in Kunar, right there in the exact same spot where Bravo Company, no slack, lived. And Chow K there. And uh, I went into that most negative I went to a deployment ever because it was right. my fourth deployment. And every one of my friends who I lost was either three or four. So I knew, I told, I was telling everyone, I'm not coming back. There's no way I come back. If they all got it, there's no way I'm going to make it. Right. And I had this negative, I was negative Nancy going into it. I was negative Nancy up until a mortar hit behind me and, and blew through my leg. And all of a sudden I woke up and was like, I'm back. I'm back. It right. didn't kill me. They didn't get me. I can still fight. But that I understand 100% what he was going through. Yeah. And I think it, very, it was very interesting before that deployment, because Auburn had done three in Iraq. He, before that deployment, he was like, I wish we were going back to Iraq. And I was like, are you insane? Because we had lost so many guys um, the deployment before. And he was like, well, 
it's like a second home to me because he said three times <laughs> again i'm going are you insane <laughs> um, he said but there you can see the enemy right. and so and he was killed in an ambush they could hear them talking in the trees they couldn't see them so again just looking back on things like i understand his feelings now i didn't understand them then and i mean i was 22 when he was killed so i was still i was a baby yeah. um so i'm just like i was trying to process it all and he was 28 when he was killed so he had a little more experience right he's done four <laughs> deployments um and i had only done the two with him but yeah it's uh it's one of those things you just have to learn to deal with and cope with and and definitely keep moving forward and I yeah. know it's not, and the goal it's, is it's easy to say that. We never that. move on, yeah. we yeah. move forward. Yeah, it's easy to say that, and then it's harder harder to be in your shoes and say, yeah, I can move forward. But like you just said, it's better to move forward, and you're not moving on. You're just moving, you're keeping right. your head above water, and you're looking to the light and not, not going into the darkness. Right, and I'm making sure that everyone, especially our children, know who their father was, how wonderful he was. Um, and this is part of my thing for uh, what I have prepared for Memorial Day is like, because he was Cuban, he had an accent. And, right? So they, <laughs> it, they weren't shoes, they were shoes. Shoes. <laughs> it wasn't a jet ski, it was a yet ski. Oh, man. <laughs> and our son's first cuss words were son of a beach. <laughs> <laughs> So when those things happened, Offren was willing to like laugh at himself. Right. And yeah, like he was, um, he was a huge morale booster for everybody. So I just want that always to be known. Like his guys still talk about all the ridiculous things he did just to like maintain morale and keep everyone right. going because that deployment was really terrible. So yeah, I just. Yeah, that was a tough deployment for the whole division, really. I mean, First Brigade was up in the Northeast. We were in the South. And then Third Brigade, I think, was spread between the two of us to help both of us. And we were in a constant fight because it was, we were the surge. It was 101st was the surge plus, it, yeah, it was the plus surge. helpers. And so we were in constant fighting every day. You didn't know what was going to happen. So a lot of a lot of crazy things happened. And I'm sure you heard some crazy stories. If you'd like to share any crazy stories that can make you laugh, instead tear up. <laughs> Um, okay, so most of my crazy stories are things that I am not allowed to say. Uh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, it's all secondhand information, but I've heard a lot of crazy stories. Um, but like, if you go on YouTube and Google, if you go to, it's Shauna AC, the way my name is spelled, Shauna, S-E-A-N-A, AC. There's a video and it's called I'm on a Boat. It rained for seven days straight and they couldn't do any missions. They couldn't do anything. So of course, Offer was like, well, let's do something fun. So they took the gator in a skidco or whatever the heck, like whatever those are called. Just, right. right. Yeah. And they <laughs> recreated the I'm on a boat video in Afghanistan. It's hilarious. <laughs> it also possibly led to him getting moved to Bravo Company. That's um, there's a debate on that 12 years later. Um, no, I mean, just, it's really hard because 
often was at Cop Monty for the bulk of his deployment. And they were so isolated that they had to do what they had to do to make it through. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it got to the point where they wouldn't, like, it was so dangerous that the mail would not be delivered to them anymore. They had to go get their own mail. When they needed new uniforms, they had to go get it themselves. Like, and we're talking, I think it, I, the number I was told was 140 men, but 140 men on basically a desert island where you're being shot at every day. Like, it was a very stressful deployment for everybody. Um, and now Offren lays in Kentucky Veterans Cemetery West with his first sergeant who was killed in June of 2010. And that was not the plan. The plan was Arlington. But when Offren came home on R&R, he asked if we could go see first Sergeant Barton. And I was like, of course. We went twice, actually. And what's cool about that cemetery is that it's so close to Fort Campbell that you can hear the big ranges right. and the Chinooks fly over all the time. And Offren was like, I love it here. So when it actually happened, I was like, okay, this is what's happening. So, and First Sergeant Barton was also his um, first sergeant in Iraq for his tomorrow deployment, his third deployment. So, they're two rows apart now. Wow. Yeah. And it, a lot of people ask if I would have regrets. I have no regrets. He's close. I'm an hour and a half away. Um, he's close to his daughter. He's close to his parents. And he's with First Iron Martin. He's with, he's with family up there and he's with, close enough to you right. guys. So you guys can come and like you said, on, on Monday, you'll have your whiskey with him and, and, Breakfast. I'm sorry. Breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> breakfast. Breakfast with him. Yes. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> and Kentucky West is laid out pretty. Uh, I think Kentucky West is probably one of the best laid out veteran cemeteries. Plus, it's not a huge cemetery, of course. It's a it's a smaller cemetery, so it's easy to navigate. But it's also right. set up in a way that it's it's peaceful, and you can find places just to sit down and relax and and sit right. with your loved one. Unless my family's there, because we. Um, <laughs> There is, there, there ain't no party like a cemetery party. <laughs> we, cemetery party don't stop. <laughs> we, yeah, we try to find the positive in it. And so it's, right. it's, uh, and they actually like own everything behind, um, offering because he's by the bell tower. He's in section six. They own all of that and wow. it won't be filled in our lifetime, but they own every bit of that. So, wow. Yeah. It's also where we um, possibly use the restroom. <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> possibly. The office closes at like four. Come on. We're trying to be it respectful. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but excuse me. Um, yeah, no, Monday will be, I'm going to keep it together for what I have to say. And then after that, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I'll be right there with you Monday. So if you need someone to punch, yeah. hold, kick, whatever, I'll be right there. And if you need to just put your head down for a second and collect yourself, I'm right there. Right. And that, that happens a lot too. You just take a walk, have your just moment. Take a break. And sometimes, I, I mean, I've kicked people out. Like we could have like 20 people right around the headstone and I'm like, can y'all leave? And then I'll take like five minutes. I'm one of those people, but 
um, no, we try to make it. And that's the thing. Offering was very good about like when it comes to morale and all of that, like he knew he, he was very good about finding the joy while dealing with the bad. And so that's always my Memorial day message is if offering could do both while losing all of his, not all of his friends, but a lot of his friends, we can do that on Memorial Day, but we yes. still need to acknowledge why the day exists. And we need to honor the fallen. I mean, like all of those things, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a party, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. So I, I try not to be like a stingy cuss word about it, but. You're being I so good. Try, I was going to try not to cuss. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But to me, it's very important that we find the balance. Yes, you can enjoy the first weekend of summer, but you also have to recognize why we have it, right? Definitely. So that's where we start our first weekend of summer with a cemetery party <laughs> We're those people. <laughs> it's BYOB. It's BYOB. Let's run chairs. We're respectful to everybody around us. It's just everybody knows we're going to be there so they make plans they show up and it is what it is i know it gets posted on the the no slack page and i think it's also on the best home page when, when this is about this weekend comes up to be out there so i know a lot of people are invited it's just how many people can get to this area at the time was, right i mean there's, i know there's a bunch in town right now for week of the eagles and then uh, some yeah. will leave before this weekend, of course, because they have lives outside of the coming here and hanging out for a week and drinking and playing golf. Right. <laughs> and the boot display at Fort Campbell goes until Memorial Day. Right. Because um, I have a wedding there on the 27th up in Hopkinsville, and I was worried about the timing of that. I'm happy it goes until the 29th. That's going to be great. So I do get to do both. Which, right. Yeah. It's not going to be like needy or anything. It's just... <laughs> How is I going to make this all work, right? <laughs> While having a child, and you know, like, and, and dealing with life as as well. So you have life, a lot of things yeah, going on with life your life. Is sticking me in the balls right now. So <laughs> sometimes Sorry. you got to shake. You got to shake that off too. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do with the National Guard. Okay, so that is actually. Um, when all of that started was right before COVID. So I was their gold star liaison. Now that General Holmes has retired, I actually don't have any connection to the National Guard right now because he retired. Um, and they brought in a new guy that I haven't met yet. I will at some point, but I just haven't met him yet. Uh, but yeah, I was, it's more like consulting, just what do you want to be invited to? How can we help? Those kinds of things. Um, yes, I should probably take that off my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to update those things. <laughs> right. And I know you're, I know you're the gold star liaison for us at the regiment. And then of course you, and you right. saw, you're still the ambassador for one tribe as well. Yes. I'm the national ambassador. And again, that was the COVID thing. Um, it's for their program called watch, which is, we are the children of fallen heroes. Uh, but again, once they got like things going, COVID hit. So we're uh, on a lull there. But I am a board member of the 9-11 Promise. Um, they have an event every September and 
you can do in person or online, which is fantastic. The in person, it's a three day event, and you get to go from you have to pick your poison here. All right, if I'm not an athlete, you can either <laughs> bike from DC to um, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the Flight 93 Memorial, right? Or and then yeah, and then or you can run from DC to the 9-11 Memorial at Ground Zero. Again, not an athlete, but there are options. Um, and then every night you stay at a firehouse, you get fed, all of those things. I've posted on all of my social media the link if you're interested, but we do have a virtual event. And the whole goal of this is to get scholarships or money for scholarships to um, children of wounded and fallen first responders and military. And I'm new to the board, and so is my other military counterpart. They're just now bringing in military, so we're trying to push it out uh, in our community because while we're similar, we're not. Uh, but we did pick 16 really awesome kids this year that all get $5,000 scholarships wow. to college. Yes. So, and that's what the whole event is for, is to raise money for that. I am on the board of that. Yeah. And then everything else I do, well, everything I do, I don't get paid for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those people. Um, But like you said, like we got GWAT packs. I'm drinking out of like the GWAT cup. Um, We got the memorial on the mall. I think we've passed six or seven federal laws as of now that help gold stars, gold star children and veterans. Some of them help veterans and we're working on a few new ones. Uh, And the controversial one is we're working on, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, Is the Love Lives On Act, which would allow uh, widows to remarry without losing their benefits. So like when I was 22 and they laid it all out for me, it was, you get, um, you know, his pension, you get his, you get DIC, you get insurance, all this. But if you're married, you get nothing. Like we can't even have a military ID to go and post. We get like, we lose everything. So I was 22 when I decided I was never going to remarry again because my husband didn't die for me to get nothing. Right. Right. Um, and again, controversial people have their own opinions and that's fine. But I was 22 and I'm not 22 anymore. They expected us to be alone forever. So that's something we are working on. Um, and then also when it comes to federal employees, their widows, from what I understand, this is my understanding, and I'm still looking into all of this, but federally, all other employees, minus the military, they get full pension, their spouse's full pension, they get full whatever benefits, they get to keep their insurance, all of that, even if they do remarry, whereas military widows only get 55%. So we're trying to... Yeah, we're working on trying to fix that, too, because it's not fair. I mean, like, I have friends that are FBI, I have friends that are ICE, and their widows are going to get, and it could happen, you know, it could be a car accident. They're going to get way more than we do, and it's not about the money. It's about the principle of it, 
you know, my husband didn't yeah, lay for three valid. hours bleeding out on a battlefield for me to be given nothing. So. And, and when Shauna says he lay for three hours, you can see that if you watch Hornet's Nest, you can see it. It's it's played out for you on there. And I'm sure that doesn't help you watching it uh, to see that happen. But that that show, the documentary actually laid out uh, what they went through uh, during their deployment. And especially that day, that day was a was a big day for that unit and a bad day for that unit at the same time. It was the biggest combat mission that the 101st has done since um, Vietnam. Yeah. So, yeah. and then there's also another documentary called No Greater Love. That, no Greater Love. Yes, that highlights that deployment in that day. I have to look that one up. I haven't seen that one actually. Uh, our chaplain, our unit's chaplain, did that. He can't carry a gun, so he carried a camera. Oh, there's. Yeah. And then he did it in a different way where he interviewed the veterans after. You know the guys that went through it after I'm in it, uh, those kinds of things. like just how it impacted us. It's it's pretty good. So no greater love, but yes, the Hornet's Nest is like a true documentary style movie. Yeah, I made made the guys in the office watch it a few times just to you know one because it's it's military and we teach we train soldiers, so it's good to be up on things, but also to see what No Slack went through uh, during right. that time. Since I was I was actually in strike at that time, so I got to see a different battle in the south, and I wasn't with right. those slackers, but I did wind up in the same exact spot not a not ten months later. So it's right. it kind of crazy to be right back in the place where Bravo Company laid after I was in Bravo Company as a young man. So <laughs> on my last deployment, <laughs> hey, I get to I get to clean Bravo Company, so it's all good. Yeah, I was I was in Bravo and we had a identity crisis. We didn't know if we were bulldogs or roadrunners or whatever we are now, but or bayonet. I think we are now, but yeah, they're bayonets now. Yeah, yeah. So we were we had an identity crisis when I was there. Well, no, and Offer did too because he was in. He was one of those weird ones that was in Alpha Company, or he was in Noslack for like the whole ten years of his career. Oh wow, which is unheard of. But it's yes. because his divorce and his daughter, he did his best to stay there. And it was, oh my gosh, what, four or five months before he was killed, they moved him over to Bravo Company. Identity crisis? Oh my gosh, that man was furious. <laughs> and he had orders to be a ranger instructor. So he was oh, like, really, I couldn't do my whole like time in Alpha Company? Um yeah, so no, I understand what you're saying because that was that was a very hard thing for him to deal with. Definitely, and well, when we were there, it was because history, I guess, told him we had to change our name. We had all these shirts with one name on it that we all had to buy. All right, now you got to buy these shirts for PT because this is who we are today. <laughs> I need orders to leave. And you're like, need... oh, crap. <laughs> so there I am, fending out money which I didn't have because you know back then we didn't get paid a lot. So. <laughs> No, but yeah, no, to, I totally, yeah. yeah. Not that they get paid a lot now. That means more, yeah. My kid has to right. eat. I, I, I should have to buy a t-shirt so they can eat. <laughs> but yeah, I understand that portion. So where do, right. you see your, where do you see yourself doing in the next few years to help others? So I am actually, I cannot divulge details, but I am in the process of um, creating a 501c3 with two other widows. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again to go back to the DC legislation to where we can represent ourselves because the people that represent us have varying ideas, different ideas. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, so we're working on that so that we can fully represent our killed in action families. I think that's the most I can give you. Like, I want to say more, but that's the most I can give you. Um, So when you you get that up on the the feet there, the three of you can come back on and talk about it to get more uh, eyes on it, more ears on it and stuff. It's one of those things where when it comes to the Gold Star community, uh, everyone, some people want everyone to be considered a Gold Star. The DOD does not have an official definition. They're working on it. And most of the organizations, no, all of the organizations that represent KIAs, like I think it's only 7% of who they represent are actual KIAs. So our goal is to represent ourselves. And uh, we've had that debate. Most I will say about it. It's just we want to not have other people speaking for us. We want to speak for for ourselves and for our children. Definitely, I'm sure you'll you'll grow pretty quickly because there's a lot of you out there. Oh, we already have. Yeah, we have have a lot of people who want to fund it. We just have to pick a freaking name. (laughs) That's what we're working on. Is it because it's? Is it because it's three women who won't make up their minds? No, it's more of like um, because of the random definitions of gold stars. It's how we we have to word it properly. That's the biggest thing. Um, And we hate leaving. Like we don't want to leave people out, but you know you can't compare some things to others. And it's not fair that my husband's sacrifice is taken away from by some thing else yes. we'll just put it that way that's very very nice way to put right. that there yes um, <laughs> without causing divide yes <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to we're yeah, just uh, uh we we see a need and we're trying to fulfill it and we're also because at this point post 9 11 a lot of our kids are teenagers so we're teaching them how to advocate as well and that's i think good. that that's yeah, because that needs to happen. They need to know how to advocate for themselves. So we're working on that. And yeah, the next couple of years, literally, I just want to get my kid through high school. Tomorrow's his last day <laughs> of his freshman year. So I got three more years. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Knock on wood. I think I've seen you post that you're teaching him to drive now, too. Not legally. So. Yes, it's Tennessee. Everything's legal. Just in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Baby steps. Time. Baby steps. Yeah, full baby steps. <laughs> full baby steps. Boy has a lot of practice to do. There's not a lot of, and all that practice will help you drink a little more too, so that'll help you out. We're going to find out. It'll work out. <laughs> It'll yes, it's supposed to. I mean, I did it. We all did it, right? Yeah, we, we all did. made it through that. Yeah, we sur- hopefully all survived. I think we're going to see what happens. 
God, it's terrifying. Having teenagers is like having toddlers all over again. I'm like, it was a. Oh, I was gone most time. My daughter was a teenager, so uh, I was kind of. Yeah. My, my wife dealt with that. So. <laughs> yeah, your poor wife. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a solo parent, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just winging it. <laughs> I've seen something on YouTube I can help you out with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I, I, I envy. I mean, you guys that do this on your own. It's it's an amazing feat to make it through and keep count some of your sanity at the end of it. So <laughs> that's also yeah, no promise. Yeah. No my problems. own therapist. Oh, that's good. No, yeah, and again, going back to mental health, like our kids need it, and in turn, we need it because it's been it's been an ordeal. We've had a really really bad year this year. I won't I won't divulge when it comes to that, but and it was like okay, we both need help, right? And we live military wise, we live in the land of 22 a day. And I've lost very good friends that way. And I recently lost somebody else like last weekend, lost somebody else that way. So um, that I think when, when you ask like, what is going to, what does my future look like? I also want to push mental health when it comes to all the federal stuff, because there's not enough resources even in the military community, there's not enough resources. Uh, my son had to fast track himself to getting help. So I think that's a, a big thing that should be talked about. And I'm gonna try to do what I can do. Well, anything, anything you need with mental health, let me know. I have a lot of guests on here that talk about it. And I've been through many, um, I would say, trials and tribulations. To go through it, yeah. and uh, you know, I was escorted out of the VA once because I didn't, didn't like how they were treating anyone, not not just me, anyone. So they escorted right. me out, and told me you're good for this appointment, see you later, and then never seen me again. So crap. That was beautiful. And so I went to a civilian in Clarksville, and he helped me out a lot and took care of me. And so sometimes you just got to find that right fit. If I tell people, if you're a woman, it's kind of like don't find that perfect hairdresser, the person that does your hair. The best way and stays with you for as long as possible until they have to move on then you cry and you have to find someone else but that doctor or uh i guess social worker or whatever has to be someone that you like to be with it, it can't be someone that brings angst to you when you go there it's like dating right you have to find the right one <laughs> i got lucky with my therapist <laughs> <laughs> I, that was that worked out well but um but it also took, again, when it comes to mental health, like I tried to find my son a therapist for two months and I couldn't. People wouldn't take anybody under 16. They wouldn't take our insurance. Nobody takes our insurance. So we're dealing with that. Um, my son is LGBTQ so, and I live in the Bible Belt. So that was an issue. Like we've had like, two months. And then again, he fast tracked himself into getting help and he got lucky with his therapist. She's wonderful. And we've had some military resources um, along the way, but it's been, it's just exhausting. And that's where I got my own help because this mom is tired and I don't have somebody else, right? I don't don't have somebody else be like, I mean, my parents help. I do have a boyfriend. He helps like, but 
it's a lot to deal with. And especially because he's my only biological child, I'm like, uh, like, I need him in my life. We're very codependent. I will say that. I claim it. We grew up together, essentially. I was 19 when I had him. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just where we're at. But I think you're doing we're making great. it work. I'm trying yeah. to breathe. We're making it work. Yeah. You're doing good. <laughs> we are trying. We have some uh, guest comments here came in. Uh, Bob Moreo, Shauna's the best. So proud of her. Thanks, she does. Thanks for having her on. That's my boyfriend. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> He ain't, he's getting them golden cookies for you. Look at that. I like that. And then Tyler Collins said, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Serena. Shauna. So, there you go. No, I hope that this went well. I was super nervous. I'm not good at live stuff, but I did not cuss, right? I don't think we're so. Gonna, no. you, you stopped we're yourself. We're going to call that an improvement. <laughs> you stopped yourself one time. So it's good. I did. Yeah. We're going to call that an improvement. Uh, yeah, when you were you talking to me yesterday, I thought you were going to throw it out all the time. So I was, I was ready. I, I've been sitting here just <laughs> trying. Right. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm an infantry wife. What do you like? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. And if that involves dropping F bombs now and then, <laughs> you have to do it. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I. It's whatever. a noun. It's a verb. It's an adverb. <laughs> it's an adjective. It's everything. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, if if anyone listening wants to have you maybe on their show or just to chat with you because they've been through, they're going through the stuff you have. How can they right. get in contact with you? Okay, so my email address is. You ready for it? I have a fun name. It's s dot a r r e c h. A G A at yahoo.com. That's pretty easy, see. <laughs> Except the last name part. But we, what you yeah, see that, on the screen, my S. Yeah. Um, and then I am on LinkedIn, but I really am not great at checking LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm also on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, all under the same name. No, uh, and Instagram and Twitter are Shauna AC, S E A N A. AC. Uh, Because that was my husband's nickname. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people can say his name. (laughs) Yeah. Just if you just Google me, you'll find links. It'll pop up. If you can spell my name, I swear my parents (laughs) hated me with my first name. It makes (laughs) sense to a lot of people, but I, Serena, Shauna, Sienna, I've gotten it all. S. <laughs> S. dot Arachaga. Got it. Yeah. S. dot Arachaga at yahoo.com. Well, awesome. We'll be right back with you, Sean. I'm going to do some branding. I'll talk to you after this. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, Be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are.